Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right, folks, let's get down to the brass tacks. I just got done with a show with Harley on RogueNews.com. I'm sorry, on Rogue News, the YouTube channel. You guys can go check it out. And uh, we touched base on a lot of things. Okay, we touched base, especially on the negative interest rates, the economic war, uh, so on and so forth. And we are at a critical juncture um, with everything. You know, with everything. I mean... It's a weird news frequency time because right now it's 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 very 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 event driven, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of events, you know, real significant events that move the barometer anywhere uh, this past month. So this week, September is going to be pretty interesting as we're going into September, October. And then November through February, which is going to be an insane time in the market in terms of growth. But um, I see some some of the things, especially with um, you know, with, with Harley and I. Hold on one second. Let me just fix this, folks, real quick. Especially with what Harley and I were discussing. And the masks, you know, people talking about the oh the masks of the deep state. And people think deep state, they think you're, you know, your Pelosi's, your Schumer's. They think idiots like Cory Booker, right? They think about these political morons, these hacks, these apparatchiks that are running rampant. Nobody really touches base on the fact of the military-industrial complex. Nobody talks about the central bankers. Nobody talks about the cr- the crimes, the criminals that are in um, the higher upper echelons of finance. Nobody talks about that. And now you're seeing a confluence. And that confluence is occurring not only just between um, what it used to be differing opinions between, you know, politicians and bankers, now we're seeing a confluence between politicians, between status and the banksters. We're seeing that confluence. We're seeing a lot of gelling together, folks. And there's something very critical here. As I'm talking to you, and, and I mentioned this on the broadcast with Harley, as I'm talking to you, there's over $15 trillion of sovereign debt that is right now in the negative interest rate territory. And recently, BlackRock, you know, which is a very, very powerful firm, uh, it's a very major firm, the likes of Goldman and J.P. Morgan, BlackRock's CIO, their chief investment officer, Rick Ryder, okay? And... You know, Rick's claim to fame 
you know, black back when he wrote this in, his, in, in the Black Rock blog was that the ECB, the European Central Bank, should be buying stocks. In other words, see, the Swiss, with all the shenanigans that they've done in the last oh, decade or so, they've flushed 500 years of banking history and privacy down the toilet. And what the Swiss banks started to do, they started to emulate what the BOJ, the Bank of Japan, was starting to, is doing. And both these central banks are buying stocks. They're buying equities. In fact, you know, 65% of the Tokyo Stock Exchange is owned by the People's Bank of China. I'm sorry, the, 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 the Bank of Japan, excuse me. And the Swiss Central Bank is, was buying, I mean, it was reported, you know, years ago, they had you know tens of billions of dollars in an Apple stock and other stocks. And so Rick Ryder is saying that the ECB should do it. Rick Ryder is also, and, and, and their other pundits are also saying that the, that the Bank of England should do it and that the Fed should do it. Because you got to understand, this is not about really making monetary and economic sense. It's not about bringing back that which fixes the problem. It's not about resuscitating that which is dead. It's not about building something strong and structural, something that, could, that is of sound foundations here. That's not what any of this is about. This is what I coined the term deflate to inflate or debase to inflate. Major global central banks continue to draw bigger guns in their battle against deflation. <laughs> but it's really of no avail. Folks, people ask me all the time, is it deflation and inflation? Deflation, inflation, deflation, inflation, deflation, inflation. Stagflation. It's the best of both worlds. Toma, here you go. The fact is that the share of sovereign yields that are in negative territory, folks, keeps increasing with a level and a parity with the negative interest rates. That is, it's, it's remarkable to see this. And every year, month over month, year you know, year over year, the amount of yields, the amount of sovereign debt that are de debt, excuse me, that's in negative territory is growing and it's growing exponentially. And it's becoming more negative. And so where do you go? Where do let me ask you a question. Where do the bankers go when they've exhausted and they can't buy any more sovereign debt because sovereign debt's now it's uh it's going negative. There's only one place for them to go. Folks, do you understand this again, 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 the gorilla's being proved right, correct every single time. The, 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 the thing that I postulized and I theorized back when the Dow was 14, 15,000 is coming true in front of your eyes. Do you see it? Is it clear? 
I, what I told you guys months ago, they are chasing the yield. It is about chasing the yield. And now it's about, let's get, you know, the yield is, is gone. It's, it's drying up. Sovereign debts and negative fifteen trillion soon to be. It's that's going to jump. That's going to double to thirty trillion soon. Where do we go? Corporate bonds. Where do we go? Corporate debt. Where do we go? Equities. What does that mean? Dow twenty nine thousand. How's it all going to end? How's it all going to end? It's 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 what I spoke about the day before. It's a shit show, and you're invited. That's right. You're not invited to the club. You see, it's a good old boys club. And you ain't invited to that, just like George Carlin would say. But you're invited to the shit show. Pull up a chair. Have some punch. It's a shit show. In order to envision the monetary policy endgame several decades from now, or even years at this point, folks, you got to step back. You got to step back. And how did this crap happen? How did this crap happen? How do we get it so wrong, so bad, so so hyperbolically? You know, people think hyperbolic. They think it's going to happen in a myriad of days, in a myriad of weeks, maybe in a month or two, maybe a year or so. No, a hyperbolic move in a complex and very large economy, it can take years. It can take decades. And now we are hyper-hyperbolic. How does one get there? Well, it's easy. Number one, you create a private banking club that's accountable to nobody. It's called the Federal Reserve. It's about as federal as Federal Express. We've all heard that saying before. And you make that unaccountable, unelected financial body. You give that body the power of the purse. You give that body the power of to issue debt and to recall debt, to fix interest rates. That's like what the Amshel the Rothschild said: "You give me the power to print the money of a nation's uh, of, of a country of, of, of a nation's currency. You give me the power to print the currency of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws." Do you understand? I mean. Folks, you guys understand this because you've been following me for years now. It is dangerous. Andrew Jackson spent his presidency fighting the bank. Last thing he said before he died, I killed the bank. He understood the damn evil of the central bank. He understood that the central bank itself was more powerful than the crown. Thomas Jefferson understood that. And that's why he said, if if we ever get to the point that we give our futures, our, our, our means of production 
the controls of our currency over to central bankers. And they, through inflation and deflation, basically booms and busts, will sequester. They will concentrate. They will rob the very wealth from all of us to the point that our children will will wake up barren and desolate in a land that their fathers fought to free. Thomas Jefferson knew that the power of the bank was more powerful than the crown. He knew that. So that's the first problem. 1913, Christmas break, Woodrow Wilson's away on Christmas vacation. Majority of Congress is away on Christmas vacation. And here comes Nelson Aldridge, Senator Nelson Aldridge of New York, a Rockefeller lackey. And what did he do? The Federal Reserve Act was passed in the middle of the night with very few people signing it. And then we have the IRS, which is basically a collections agency for the Federal Reserve. And that's why 100% of your tax dollars goes to paying back the debt on the interest that is owned to the Federal Reserve. That is owed to the Federal Reserve, excuse me. And so now, fast forward to 1934. The, 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 you know, what happened? We confiscate gold. In other words, gold's gone. Then after we confiscated gold out of the public eye, out of the public sector, what do they do? In seventy one, they took us off the gold standard, and they came up with this stupid, uh, the stupid idea: we're going to maintain a two percent inflation target. Ridiculous! And you factor that in with Bretton Woods, you have a recipe for disaster. A private central bank. Going off the gold standard. Built on the foundation of Bretton Woods equals a recipe for disaster and you and your children and your children's children are about to eat it. It's crazy. The the concept of a fiat currency that which is created out of thin air, backed up by nothing, just basically by edict because of a perception of value, fiat currency. The fact is uh, there's no underlying asset backing it up except the full faith and trust of the U.S. government. It's an experiment that has failed every single time it was applied. It has failed. It has been relegated with the hundreds of other currencies that were quote-unquote fiat. It's insane. And the central banks are starting to realize this. The Fed balance sheet, man, which I think was, at one point was like, you know, 200 billion. Now it's like four and a half trillion, getting close to five trillion. And it's only going to get bigger. You see, the smart money's dumping dollars globally. The Chinese, the Saudis, they're dumping dollars. We're printing it, and we're gonna we're, we're we're entering QE infinity, quantitative easing infinity. QE, forget QE one, two, three, and four. QE infinity is coming, baby. So they're dumping the dollars, they're printing the dollars, 
They're absorbing the dollars with the ESF, the plunge protection teams. And where are they sticking it? In the Dow. Why? Because they got to maintain that 2% inflation target. But V, the price of milk is like $5 a gallon. It's 2% inflation. So in order to debase a currency today, folks, money has to be created at a frantic pace much faster than there's any sort of goods or services that are in existence or to underlie its 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 usage. Money has to be created at a faster, absolutely blitzkrieg-like pace than what goods and services exist in order to utilize the said liquidity. So what happens now is what you're seeing now is you have liquidity that is exceeding GDP growth. So when you've been turning on the money, the printing press since 2008, you had TARP, you had NERP, you have, you, you know, you, I'm sorry, you had TARP, ZERP, TWIST, all the fancy abbrevi- abbreviated terms that the, the Fed has come up with. And now we're going to enter into NERP, negative interest rate policy. Why? Why is it going there? Because of all the printing, folks. All the printing has caused all the disjointed capital malformation that we're seeing today. And what is going to happen because of that? Well, there's only one way to go. You got to go negative. I warned you guys about this in 2015 or 16. When the real Fed chair... The real guy behind Bernanke and Janet and Janet Yellen at that time, the one and only, the one and only, Stanley Fisher. And Fisher said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take it to negative interest rates. That, that's the goal. That's what we're gonna do." He let it slip then, back in fifteen or sixteen, he let it slip, and he was asked why. No, we got to keep the markets up. He's being blunt. The most honest thing I've ever heard Stanley Fisher said. And everybody forgot about it. I caught that thing like, boom. And I haven't forgot about it since then. This is where it's going to go. How do you quell? How do you deal with dumped dollars? How do you deal with dumped dollars? How do you do it? Negative interest rates. How do you do it? How do you help aid it when you have an ECF? How do you help aid it when you got to dump it into the Dow? So in order to hide an inflation target, what do you got to do? Negative interest rates. Oh, stagflation. So how do you protect yourself from that? How do you how do you how do you protect yourself against negative interest? This is the reality. It's going to be monetary policy here. I don't know when. But it's in, it's on target. I don't know when though. Don't ask me when. Maybe next month. I don't. Maybe next year. Maybe in five years. Maybe next week. I have no idea. But it's in the sphere, folks. Let me explain. It's inevitable. Okay. It's not. It's not a question of if we're going into negative rates. It's it's when. 
It's inevitable. And the only way you're going to protect yourself against negative interest rates is not to hold anything that is underlyingly held by a currency or a monetary system that is negative. In other words, you have to hold on to something that can't be printed. You can't you have to hold on to something That's not something that's created by thin air. And I'm telling you, this is why the wealthy are moving into art. This is why the wealthy are moving into cryptocurrencies. This is why the wealthy are moving into classic cars. They're moving into, 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 into you know, multifamily real estate. They're, they're moving into safe havens or what they deem to be safe havens. Why? Because they see what's coming. It's amazing. This is why we're going to see the craziest thing that's going to happen. You're going to have highest on record equity prices. You're going to have highest on record gold prices. Bitcoin's going to be through the roof. Commodities are going to be coming back. This is the last hurrah. Why is this the last hurrah? Because the largest transfer of wealth in human history is about to take place. Do you want to get paid? That's it. The largest transfer of wealth in human history is about to take place. Global economic reset. This is the gorilla, and I'm out.